This is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land, and water. This is episode 245, brought to you with listener support. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Matters. Headed to milestone episode 250 with some exciting things to tell you about between now and then. So stay tuned. I'm Glenn Wheeler here with Migbal Matters correspondent Greg Jeans. And Greg, uh, we're speaking on uh, Sunday evening, and you're just back from Benwasco, where the El Mastiqueg band had at an event today. Tell us, tell us about that. Yeah, Glenn, I went down to uh, Chief Terry Green's uh, territory there, and we had a uh, had a circle. Uh, it was great, a great turnout. Good to see so many friends in the middle of the winter. And they fit us, and um, great moose too. I, I must say the moose was really great there. Uh, got my belly full, and we sat around, and we shared a lot of our experiences. That. So I want to thank uh, Chief Green for... Uh, what she has put into this yeah she's uh, she's done a lot of great work not only as the uh, as the halibu ward counselor but uh, in reviving that amatiquig uh, band so kudos to uh, to terry green thanks terry for all for all your work a lot to talk about this week updates on the land defense on the port port peninsula and on the halibu trail to Burgio. and along with all that a new band manager for halibu first nation Charles Pender. Listeners will know he is a member of Cornerbrook City Council, former mayor of Cornerbrook, and he was uh, involved in the Hellebo Cultural Foundation when it was set up. Charles um, looked after the uh, the bylaws, the constitution, all the foundational manners of the Cultural Foundation. He's a Hellebo member, and um, he'll be the fourth band manager in the seven years that Brendan Mitchell has been chief. And um, we certainly welcome uh, Charles's strong administrative background, which will come in very handy at Halibu these days, which uh, needs a, a heavy dose of professionalism because we've heard loud and clear about the human resources matters, favoritism, been very, uh, very bad for morale. And of course, uh, Halibu has lost a lot of good people, as we know. From all we know, he's, uh, he's a very ethical person. And we hope he'll have the courage to speak truth to power, to do the right thing rather than humor the chief. Uh, one footnote, Greg, is that um, Charles Pender has been active in the Progressive Conservative Party. And there was some uh, speculation uh, a few elections ago that he would run against Jerry Byrne in Cornerbrook uh, District. So um, hopefully there'll be some uh, what we would call political biodiversity uh, in the executive suite where Brendan Mitchell is all liberal all the time. And we note that the provincial liberals rewarded uh, Brendan Mitchell with a, an appointment to the Independent Appointments Commission, which chooses people for provincial boards and commissions. And hopefully Charles Pender can be a check on such conflicts of interest because it's not good for Halibu that uh, we have our chief personally beholden uh, to the province and the provincial government. Now, Greg, uh, speaking of the uh, Cultural Foundation, we have been in touch 
And I understand there's been some, uh, we have some information about the status of the um, of the name change ordered by the Alamo Band of the Cultural Foundation. Tell us about that. Yeah, Glenn, uh, Lars told them to stop using the Halibut name, which they have uh, uh, wordmarked as in trademarked or would take them to court. Uh, the Culture Foundation got an extension to 10th March, but Halibut will give them no financial support in rebranding the name. Um, so uh, it looks like uh, they, they will be forced to uh, rebrand or be sued. So uh, not only is Halibu making them change their their name and their logos and all that, uh, Halibu is giving no money. So I guess that means that the money that the Cultural Foundation will spend on that work will be money that would otherwise have gone to events, classes, powwows, workshops, all the other stuff, all the other cultural funding that the foundation does, they'll have less money as a result of this, of this change order by Halibut. Yeah. So I spoke to several people about this, uh, you know, this re renaming of Halibut. People are not, uh, they don't know why this is happening now. Uh, they, uh, they, they don't understand why the culture foundation that does so much good work uh, for, for the communities that have now to spend money on uh on totally refacing themselves yeah it's uh it's an unfortunate situation um a cultural cultural will lose in this uh in this spat mm -hmm. uh, set off by the uh by halibu uh, first nation greg uh, the other story uh you were covering this week was the uh, the court case in cornerbrook involving the land defenders from the port of port peninsula dealing with uh the first impact of the world energy gh2 development which is bad drinking water and mm. uh, they have been trying to stop construction of the of the test tower uh, that uh, world energy gh2 wants to build until they get some clarification on uh, what they can do to save their water so you were uh, in court in cornerbrook on thursday tell us about that what what was the atmosphere and uh, what was your takeaway from from that court date uh, Glenn, yes, I uh, was in court for today, and the atmosphere was uh, seemed uh, pretty upbeat there uh, with uh, Dorothy Simmons and Amanda Kornick uh, representing themselves. Um, they were um, very well spoken, very clear, very well educated on the issues. Um, so, and there was a lot of talk, um, you know, in the corridors after the court and everything about how lax the environmental standards are here in Newfoundland for these companies to come in. Um, you know, and they were visibly upset that they had to defend themselves at this point in time. And all they're asking for is clean drinking water. Mm. So, uh, you know, I, I feel that, uh, you know, as this develops and uh, this will get uh, contentious, um, you know, uh, will become more uh, more focused. The people that I spoke with that are, they just want to live in harmony. They want to live in peace. The next court date is March 3rd, where um, George uh, Judge George Murphy will decide whether the injunction should be permanent. And uh, the other the other people uh, named in the injunction have got a lawyer, so they're having to spend their own money, I guess, to hire a lawyer to defend themselves. Um, so March 3rd is the is the date and we'll see um, 
what happens then. Meanwhile, Greg, uh, last week we had a statement from the Newfoundland Association of Rural Mi'kmaq Nations, NARM, which uh, includes five community bands, Benoit First Nation, St. George's, Flat Bay, Burgio, and Three Rivers, calling for consultation and um, and mediation on the wind energy issue. I guess uh, Burgio is a bit of a uh, is a bit of an exception in the group because uh, I think uh, four of the five uh, have received money from uh, from World Energy GH2, but not not Burgio, as far as we know. Um, yeah, Glenn, that's right. Uh, I don't think Burgio has received any money right now. But the letter that the uh, NARM released that um, seemed to be somewhat confusing. It seemed to uh, walk a very fine line of uh, supporting windmills, but supporting our brothers and sisters now and the people that i spoke with this week on the port of port uh were very uh again uh upset over this uh because uh they've been asking for this for quite some time for these parties these leaders to sit down with them um uh, you know and they think it's a little bit too late right now and we have have, have people in the court defending themselves on their own dime against a, a, a multi-billion dollar company. It's interesting that Halibu uh, posted the uh, the NARM statement, um, uh, which is unusual because NARM uh, usually can't get its phone calls re- uh, returned by Halibu, but Halibu mm-hmm. very quickly posted this uh, statement. It's a bit confusing. They're, they're seeking um, mediation services to aid in the resolution of conflicts and to rebuild relationships within our Indigenous communities, according to the statement. And we listened to uh, Chief Peggy White from the Three Rivers Band and Jason Benoit from the Benoit First Nation on CBC Radio this week. It was still a bit confusing. It sounds that they they want people to agree with them that the windmills are okay. So uh, it's almost like we're dealing with a sort of uh, a personal dispute rather than 164 windmills. I'm not sure that we can mediate ourselves out of 164 windmills. Uh, you're right, Glenn, that because um, this is a little bit confusing that where they uh, basically want to have their cake and eat it too. Um, you know, uh, the people are still upset, um, you know, because they're going to we want to bring in a mediator now uh, to mediate something that the people off the port of port should have thought that they should have been included in it in the first place. This is what they've been asking. Uh, so it's welcome news, but it's, it's not, not uh, the news that they want to hear at this juncture in the game. Uh, where, where they, uh, held protests for, for a full month, mm. you know? So, um, they think it's a, a little bit of a, we call uh, saving face. Many listeners will uh, remember Peggy White from the last Halibu election. She ran for Halibu chief and um, and almost won. Uh, she uh, she came second. And were it not for Odell uh, Pike uh, running, she probably would be uh, she well she would be chief today uh, because uh, that was the uh, there was a split vote there. And she seemed uh, uh, like a breath of fresh air at the time. She talked about. Uh, treaty rights, uh, land rights, all the things that uh, we wanted a discussion about. But now she's on uh, taking that position on the on the windmills. You know, it's uh, those community bands also, um, you know, they're maybe seen a little bit differently now because the community bands have uh, presented themselves as more in touch with the community, different from Halibu, on the ground, 
So I wonder uh, if NARM um, has suffered uh, reputation-wise in, in this whole thing. All right, Glenn. Um, I did reach out to uh, Chief Peggy White uh, last night, and we had a lengthy conversation uh, on these issues and things like that. Um, I won't comment too much on what she had to say right now because she is granting us an interview uh, this week. But, um, you know, her views on on the uh, windmill project that are certainly uh, very different from those uh, off off the port of port itself. We'll hear, hear more from Peggy this week. Yes, well, well, we're looking forward to uh, speaking with Peggy. One uh, way in which the NARM members could support people on the Port of Port Peninsula would be through support of a federal environmental assessment. Of course, uh, there is a provincial environmental assessment underway right now, but a lot of people think that it would be good to also have the, a federal EA like there was uh, in the Valentine Lake gold mine. The thing about a federal EA is that there is participant funding. So organizations, individuals can get money from the Impact Assessment Agency of Canada to hire experts, uh, make comments. So rather than just, you know, people having to go on the internet and try and figure it out, there's money in a federal EA process to um, to get some support. That's what many people are thinking now, that it, it's such an important issue that we can't uh, be content with just a provincial EA that a federal one is uh, would be appropriate. And there are things that certain of the triggers for uh, a federal EA are, we have them here on the Port Port Peninsula, uh, impact on migratory birds, plus impact on Indigenous peoples. And I think many people would agree that there's no more land on the island of Newfoundland more special for Mi'kmaq people than the Port of Port Peninsula. Uh, Greg, before we go, uh, there was a matter we discussed last week, which is um, Route 480 to Burgio, the Caribou Trail, as it has always been known, and some efforts to have it to have the uh, the name restored in the form of uh, halibut trail of course halibut is the the Mi'kmaq word from for for a caribou but i understand things have not gone smoothly uh yeah glenn uh people uh head of the gate uh, took this uh, wrongly first they thought it was a renaming uh but this is not a renaming this is a translation uh, so what they want to do is erect a sign at the beginning of this caribou trail uh, this welcomes people to Route 480 in English and want to put it in, um, in, in Mi'kmaq as well. And it was out there on Facebook. And I must say, I was extremely disappointed and disheartened by the comments that uh, the non-Indigenous people had towards the uh, Mi'kmaq people. Uh, we have done a lot of work to bridge those gaps uh, between the uh, Indigenous and non-Indigenous community. But it looks like, Glenn, we have so much work to do because the derogatory comments that I read online was very, very disheartening. That's disappointing because I know that uh, Chief Elaine Ingram, uh, in the uh, a lot of the work that the Burgio First Nation has done has been for the good of the entire Burgio community. I know that uh, the Absolutely. food program, uh, you know, anyone who shows up, gets food from the Burgio First Nation um, food drives. And, uh, and I guess it's, it's so people don't mind taking the chicken, but they uh, very antagonistic when there's any um, reflection of, of Mi'kmaq culture. 
Yeah, Glenn, we tried to do so much work in our community and that to uh, bring everyone to be inclusive to everyone, uh, not just Mi'kmaq people. Now, we can do that. We can close our doors and we can knock her down and focus on our own people. And, um, you know, but that's not the Mi'kmaq way. We're assuring people and what we get, the rest of the community will get, um, you know, um, but uh, in speaking with Chief Elaine Ingram and her hard, hard work down there, um, she's also been very uh, disappointed in the response that uh, was put forward out there by the community. Well, that's too bad. Um, I Hopefully people uh, in Bergio will, um, will get beyond uh, that kind of negativity and see that um, no one loses when uh, there's a reflection of Mi'kmaq culture. Yes, absolutely. Because we as Mi'kmaq people have uh, the, the right to protect our language and to promote our, uh, our culture as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not everyone in the community, of course. Um, there's, there's a select few uh, that, that still hold some, uh, hold on to some old bias attitudes. Mm-hmm. And we still have work to do. And that's it for the program. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest in Mi'kmaq news and views. Allison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Hillary McGinnis is our researcher. For Greg Janes, this is Glenn Wheeler saying, Emsa Nogamah.